Very good. Awesome. How are we all doing? Well, like I said, it's kind of like we're still the start of the year, like Pastor Ash said, and uh, what great music there. Just like, and I forgot that was your song, Pastor Ash. And uh, I go, oh, I like that. Who sung that one? Who wrote that one? I mean, and uh, it's very good. But we've got very talented people in this church, and uh, I know they've written a few songs. We're going to see a few more come out of these guys. They're just so talented. And God is on them and, uh, you know, with, with them. And I'm, I'm just believing some great stuff going to happen out of that. Well, we've got a great week coming up. Of course, Connect is back on. And, uh, yeah, who's our Connect fans here? <laughs> and uh, also uh, starting a new journey with um, back into our Bible college, our little groups that we run every so often. We do little courses. We've got a six-week course on born identity. Now, this is crucial in the time we're living in right now. We need to to know who we are in Christ. If the church stood up in who they really are in Christ and really got the deal, we'd have a different world, I can tell you. It's because we're being told, communicated by the world, who we are. And we're not listening to God's word. We need to be in tune with God's word. What does God say about you? You are mighty. You're a warrior, not a warrior. And when we start to grasp who we are and we hear the right voices, I tell it will change you, transform you on the inside. I'm going to show you a video this morning. It's a bit of a fun one, but it just it illustrates listen to the right voice, to the wrong voice, and where it could lead. Let's just show that video. Have you got that one ready to go? Thanks, Carly. Check it out. Labradoodle. What? Yeah, right down there. Oh, I love good breed. It's so good. Yes, half lab, half moodle. Wait, what? Incredible. Moodle? Yeah. No, that's <laughs> not a thing ever. No, no, it totally is. Uh, a moodle. Isn't that, isn't that Dave from Econ? Oh, yeah. What is he doing up here? He's, he's probably just enjoying the view, man. Wait, isn't, isn't Dave blind? <laughs> we gotta warn him. Hey, hey Dave. Whoa, 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 bro. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What are you doing? You, can, you can't just tell Dave what to do. Wait, why? Are you blind? Uh, no. Okay, so then you don't know what Dave's gone through. You can't really relate to him, man. Just, just, just let him be, he's totally fine. Literally slipping right now. Yeah, okay, okay, you're gonna you're gonna get all up on him for for slipping. Like everyone slips from here and there. I don't it's care no if he slips. I'm just trying to keep a guy from falling off a cliff. No, no. Okay, listen. What what I think you need to do right now is you just need to love him. You need to not point out. What does his that have to do with anything? It has everything to do with everything. Okay, like if you if you point out his weaknesses, he won't feel loved. He won't feel accepted. I'm just, feel I'm just accepted. trying to keep a guy from going off the cliff. No, he's not even stopping. You, hey, Dave! Not, no, whoa, whoa, whoa! Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! You speak out against blind people. So what many people will be upset with you? with you. No, so many people won't like you. But also, what if what if he doesn't like us anymore? You ever thought about that? Dave <laughs> will be dead. You say, hey, no, no, Dave, no, 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 Dave! Someone, is someone there? Uh, yeah. Hey Dave, how's it going? It's uh, it's Charlie from school. Oh hey man. Doing this for days. Maybe you can help me out. I seem to have lost a trail somewhere. You you want to tell me if I'm going the right way? 
Maybe he is lost. Yes. You're right. We, we should still just encourage him. Yeah, yeah, hey, no, Dave, you know, you're doing great, man. Uh, uh, you know, I love that you're out here, man, too. I'm proud of you, being out on this trail. You're doing great, man, you're doing great. Oh, okay, thanks, man. Figure it out. You just gotta love him through his tongues. Yeah, you got it, man. <laughs> Dave, what are you doing? What? Dave? Dave? <laughs> there you go. But that's very typical of the world we're in right now, isn't it? Are we going to speak the truth or are we going to speak what may affect their feelings and uh, the dangers of that? So I want to talk this morning about that. We're talking from our series, Disciples, uh, sorry, Disciplines of a Disciple. And uh, which voices are you listening to? Who are you following this morning? Dan Penner said, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. The people who you spend most of your time with will determine who you are. We should not be influenced by the culture of this world, but by the word of God, by the, ch ever ch the change that should be on us through his word. So who is influencing you and guiding you this morning? Let's have a look at Matthew chapter 4, verse 17 this morning. If you've got your Bibles with you, let's just turn to Matthew 4, 17, reading through to 4.22. Let me just pray before we do. Heavenly Father, I thank you this morning for your word that guides us with truth because we need truth in this world that we're living in right now. God, we need it more than ever. We need your guide and light. And Father, as we read from your word, I pray you'll bring things clearly to us that we may understand that we'll walk in the right path with you. So Father, I thank you this day for your word and I pray your words be spoken today in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Matthew four seventeen says, and from that time, Jesus began to preach and say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother. In the boat with Zebedee, there was the father, mending their nets. He called them, and immediately they left the boat and the father and followed him. Here we are, Jesus has just come out, the preceding passages, Jesus came out of the wilderness, and now he is starting the ministry, collecting disciples. And uh, his message was pretty clear, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He had one message, but he needed many carriers to carry that out. And that's where it comes into the whole world of uh, disciples, that we are called to be a disciple to pr promote the kingdom and what all God has spoken to us through his son, Jesus. So when we look at this passage, the first thing that hits you is it says, follow me. Do not follow the world. Do not follow anything else. The word follow me does, is more than just watch me. It's more than just listen to me. It's more than just read about me. It's to follow me, not just on the Sundays, not when it's convenient, not when I have the time, because that's what it's like for some people. Like, Jesus, yeah, I, yeah I'll, I'll follow you, but uh, you're allotted times on the Sunday morning between 10 and uh, 11. 
And um, we've got to get out of that thing. Every day is a new day with Jesus, and we, we live in that place. You know, we, we can't just push Jesus into a little spot, can we? We can't just put him into a little place. We need to, he is our place. He is the place that we should be in. It's interesting how people respond to the gospel, what they actually hear, because, you know, quite often a word is delivered and people pick it up differently. Last week I was in the marketplace and um, we, we kind of felt like one of those chocolate brownies. They make some nice chocolate brownies there and everyone's starting to feel hungry right now. I can see. <laughs> and uh, and uh, a lady came to the counter and uh, English wasn't her first language, obviously, but like she spoke okay, but it was just a few words we couldn't understand. And we said, look, I'd like... Uh, Looked at Sharon and said, we'll have a couple of brownies, thanks. And she goes, okay. She walks off, goes to the counter, uh, to the little cabinet where they were, and then she came back and I thought, oh, don't tell me they've all gone. That's my first thought, <laughs> they're all gone. And she goes, no, you want uh, uh, caramel or macadamia? And I said, pardon? <laughs> you want uh, caramel or macadamia? And I look at Sharon I think she means, because I don't know her voice, I've not worked with her, I've never heard her, I didn't quite understand or comprehend what she was saying. Because first of all, we only thought there was only one type of brownie, and then she's saying these words that we didn't know. And it's like that in the Bible, sometimes there's words that we don't quite get, and we're hearing it different to somebody else, because we don't know his voice. If we know his voice, we will understand. And this is where you find the disciples right here in this moment. Because it also says in John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. If you notice in this passage, the disciples heard his voice. It says they reacted immediately. It doesn't say like, well, we'll think about it. We'll get back to you, Jesus. I'm busy right now. Got a few fish to catch. Yeah, I'll see you on Sunday. Uh, it, <laughs> it was not like that. It says here, and it says it in two places. It says Follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. They immediately, not like, well, yeah. And then further on it says, immediately they left the boat. Immediately. Now, when the scripture puts strong words like that, you know it's trying to communicate something to us to wake us up. When Jesus calls, we must respond immediately. Oh, well done, class. Gold star. <laughs> Very good. So his sheep hear his voice. So if we're going to hear his voice, we need to be tuned into his voice. How do you know his voice if you don't know? Like I said, this woman with a caramel and a macadamia, uh, I didn't know her voice, and I didn't know what she was saying until we kind of looked at each other. It must be macadamia, it must be caramel. Right, okay. So we are to follow when we hear his voice, but we need to hear that voice. And uh, we need to hear that voice daily, not just... On a Sunday. You know, some of us put Jesus in a box too often. Uh, it's, it's like J. John says, you know, that we, we kind of give our life to Jesus, then, we, you know, we don't want to give him the steering wheel of life. You know, we don't even want him in the back seat because we don't like backseat drivers. We're shoving him in the boot. You know, it's like, get in there, you know. And uh, that's how we live our life incorrectly, where we need to allow Jesus, here's the steering wheel of our life. You know, you steer. And no one hand on it. Like, you know, some people like to sneak there because some of us are control freaks. 
But that's where we come to a place where we trust him because we've heard from him. We know his voice. He does not let us down. He is there with us always, forever. Immediately they followed. And do you notice it says there, immediately they followed. They didn't actually lead. I know Christians, as soon as they become a Christian, they want to lead. They want to get straight in the position. Yeah, yeah, right, you follow me. Jesus said, no, follow me. No, I'm not following you. You follow me. This is how it works, all right? This is how it works. You follow me. You're, you're new. You don't know the deal yet. Let, let's, let's go there. But we have people that want to lead before their time. And, and, of course, following Jesus will always come at a cost. Yeah, people go, oh, I don't like that. don't like that bit. Jesus, come on. I thought this was all nice. <laughs> I thought it was going to be good. You didn't tell me about this. I didn't want to read this bit. When did you add this to it all? It will come at a cost. If something is worth living for, it's worth dying for. So what is a qualifier for a disciple? Luke 14, 26 says, If anyone comes to me, now this is very strong words, but I will explain to you. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father, and his mother, wife, and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. It was gone quiet. <laughs> Jesus, that can't be you. That must be the devil. You told us to love one another, not to hate, you know. Understand in the scripture, it's not talking about hate. Like, I hate my mum, I hate my dad, I hate you, friends. <laughs> it's not like that. It's talking about if you're putting them at number one and me at number two, if you don't think more of me than what you do of them, then you're not fit to be my disciples. Because the, the uh, responsibility is, or the reality of that is, is if you're listening to family, friends over Jesus, you cannot be following him. You cannot be led by him because you're too busy listening to what other people's opinions are. Now, there's some of you here this morning that are too moved by what people think of you or what they say or direct you over that of the voice of Jesus. Stop letting other people drive your car. You drive it. Let Jesus drive your car. Let Jesus drive your car and trust in him. You know, Jesus has the keys and the words to life. And it says life in abundance, not a little life, it's a big life. And yet people will rather go to their neighbors and ask their opinion of things rather than the word of God who gives us all truth. And sometimes people go to people that are actually not even Christians. They are what the Bible terms as lost. If you're lost, how can you give instructions to somebody to find a way. You know, I've had this, I remember being, I think it was in New York one time, we're crossing the road, and, and someone goes, hey, buddy, can you tell me where, you know, so-and-so is? I go, I don't know, I've lost myself. <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, and I seem to have this thing, wherever I've been around in different places of the world, people come to me for directions. <laughs> I can give them directions to salvation, but I, I don't know where the streets are. Uh, but that's, that's how it goes sometimes. But we, we turn to people that don't know rather than those that Jesus that does know. And we need to be in his word if we're going to follow. Follow means follow. <laughs> There's nothing, nothing deep about that. It means to actually just follow. It's that simple, follow. You know, some people go, oh, well, what's the Greek say on follow? You know, what's the Greek <laughs> word mean there? There's got to be a deeper meaning. There's got to be something more to it than that. No, it just says follow. 
Just follow. That's it. Like these guys don't follow. Matthew 10, 37 says, He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Once again, it's enforcing the whole thing about loves. And the word love there is not agape, a God love. It's about a friend love, filio, uh, to be a friend. So he who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and he who loves a son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. I think Jesus spells it out pretty clear, covers all bases, Put me first. That's what he says. Put Jesus first. Jesus to, be, <clears throat> Jesus to be loved above all family and friends. And that's where I think people have difficulties because the family, particularly when you get married and you leave home, the family of origin you've come from is sometimes very strong in on their opinions of you and what you should still be doing. It's like they're still like, no, you've still got to do what we say when you were at home. But it's a different thing. That's why when you get married, you leave your mother and father, it says. It doesn't uh, say that you remain there. And uh, so people have a lot of these sort of things going on in their world where there's a pull from the family. There's, you know, I, I used to get this at Christmas time because my family don't go to church and uh, they'd say, hey, look, we're getting together Christmas Day. And I said, well, that's nice. Have you enjoyed yourself? And uh, they said, well, you're coming, aren't you? I said, well, what time is it? And they said, oh, 10 o'clock, we're going to have a breakfast thing. I said, well, not going to work for me. I've got church. They said, oh, but surely you can give that a miss. So I'm the pastor, thank you. <laughs> and, and, uh, and I said, no, it's not open for, for discussion. I said, that's what I do. That's where I want to be. That's my, that's my life. That's who I am. It's not something I do. It's who I am. And that's the problem. So many people are so trying to be do things rather than be things. And uh, we need to, in Jesus, know, learn to be who we are in him. So I say to him, if you want me to come to any of your things, it has to be after this time. I don't put my family before Jesus. I don't put anyone before Jesus. Luke uh, 14, 27 says, And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Oh, Jesus, that's not good. For which of you intended to build a tower does not sit down first and count the costs, whether he has enough to finish it? Some of us do not count the costs. It's like we love the thought of Jesus. We, we love what he says. We love what he offers to us. But when he calls us, it's a different deal. Because there's, there's a cost. Oh, Jesus, I've got my ticket to heaven. What more do you want? You know, like, do I have to do this? Do I have to do it? It's not about doing, it's about being. If you were in Christ, you are a new creation. Something changes on the inside. You are no longer the old person that used to be. That old man, as Paul says, has been put to death. It's no longer. You are a new creation. So what's the new you look like? What does it look like? Is it different? It should be different. If it's the same, there's no transformation taking place there. You've got to go back to the drawing board, I think, to the Word of God. Whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple, for which of you intended to build a tower? See, there's a cost. You've got to count the cost. Like when I came to Christ, I understood what that meant because I knew there was a cost. There's a cost to everything. If you're in the world, there's a cost to trying to be like the culture and the world to be accepted and all those things. But I didn't want that. I, wanted, I was looking for something different, and I didn't care what the cost was because when you find the truth, 
The truth sets you free, and there's no cost or value you can put on that. that that's just priceless. And, uh, and when I found Christ, I didn't care what the cost was. And Jesus makes it very clear, because we're in this fallen world, there is going to be a cost. Because the world doesn't go along with Christianity, as you may have noticed. The world doesn't like Jesus. The world hates Jesus. They're trying to block him out of everything, including Christmas Day and everything else that's going on. So he says, um, whoever does not bear his cross, you will have to bear something as a Christian. If you're not if you're going, hey, I'm a Christian, it's all fantastic, nothing ever happens to me, nobody says anything to me, it's all good. Well, I just wonder what sort of witness you are because I'm telling you, as a witness, I've had people stab me in the back, I've had people call me names and you're God-bothering and this and <laughs> all sorts of stuff. But I count all joy because I think I'm getting to them. I'm getting to them. <laughs> but some people don't like it. It's like, oh, Jesus, they called me a name. Because I'm following you. I don't know if I can do it anymore. It's just too stressful. <laughs> there will be a cost. Jesus, I love Jesus. Jesus puts it up front for us. Jesus tells us right from the beginning what you're going to encounter. There's no, no like surprises like, hey, oh, Jesus, you didn't tell me that was going to happen. What's going on here? I don't remember reading that. He's up front about it. But are we up front about it? Are we actually reading his word to know about it? That's the thing. Matthew 16, 24 says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. What do you mean deny myself? I've got lots of hits on YouTube, Jesus. Come on, I'll lose followers. I can't deny myself. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses life for my sake will find it. Wow, don't you love that about Jesus? It's pretty clear. Pretty clear, you're for me, you're against me. If you want life, you, yeah. And yet we are taught constantly from this world that life is about you. It's all about you. Well, I'm telling you, it's not all about you. It's about him. And uh, if you do not learn to live with that, if you're not willing to lay down your life for him like he laid down his life for us, you will not find true life. As Pastor Sharon spoke last uh, week about the two paths we travel on. One leads to destruction, one leads to life. So bearing your cross is pain. Sometimes it's painful. It's not easy. I mean, this is where the reality, and some churches uh, do an injustice in that because they tell you all the great things about Jesus. And that's great, and I love that too. But we've got to be real. Jesus was real about it. He told you what you were encounter. The, the people will hate you because of my testimony of me. He's pretty clear about that. So don't get surprised when someone goes, oh, you're not one of them, are you? You're one of what? You're not one of them, uh, you know, Christians. <laughs> and you go, oh, uh, well, what if I am? You know, is it okay? Yeah. <laughs> because some people like that. They're waiting for a response like, oh, should I, should I tell them I'm a Christian? Oh, I'll wait and see what they think about it. And no, no, no. I go, yeah, I am. What about it? <laughs> and I'm not ashamed of the gospel. For it's the power of God, power of God unto salvation. Paul was pretty strong about this matter as well. You know, he said, well, you know, and he ended up getting beheaded. So uh, I'm not saying that's going to happen to you, but, <laughs> but I'm just saying we need to be strong. We need to be believers in what we really truly believe, not just say as of what we believe, but doers of what we believe. You know, John 13, 34 says, I give you a new commandment that you love one another 
as I have loved you, you should also love one another. By this all shall know that you are my disciples if you have love towards one another. Here's another qualifier for being a disciple, that you have love for one another. You know, I've seen some pretty disgruntled Christians in my life, and I go, where's the love? Where is the love? (laughs) So I can break into a song there. It's like, where is the love? You know, you're not demonstrating anything to me, but that of the devil right now. And uh, it, it says, Jesus says this, that you love one another. That is the agape love from the Greek word, which means the godly love. Do you have a godly love to others? Or do you get intimidated by others? You know, there's a lot of warfare that goes on in the church, which is ridiculous, fighting over the wrong things. Oh, I wanted that position. They got there. I was here longer. I should have had that. And there's this fighting. Oh, don't like that person. I'm going to another church. We see this all the time. and go, what is that about? Jesus says, love one another. Learn to get over things. Go deal with it. If you've got a problem with your brother, go to your brother. That's what the Bible says, and try to work it out. Try to work it out. Let's, let's move on. Let's not, let's not allow the devil a foothold into the church because he loves stirring up stuff, I can tell you. Let's have love for one another. That is a sign that you'll be known as one of my disciples. And I've had people come into our church and say, well, I just got this great feel about your church. Everyone seems to love each other. And I go, well, that's good. I hope that's right. You know, and they don't see you behind the scenes battering each other on the head. <laughs> and that's what we've got to demonstrate in all our lives. You know, everyone in this church, other than like myself, my wife, and Ashley, are all volunteers. Like we do get paid, they're part-time staff. And uh, so when you see people doing things for you, be grateful. Say, thank you so much. You know, show that love. Like they give you a coffee, you know, because you've got to understand it's rush hour. When, like when we finish here, everyone's going for a coffee. Like, <laughs> and there's the poor guys going crazy on the coffee. And another order. And all that. they're doing the best they can. Don't, you know, and look, you go to a normal cafe. Cafes have people dribs and drabs come in. They don't have a big rush. Mash. Yeah, well, they'd be overpowered. So understand, unfortunately, that there is going to be a queue because we don't have instant coffee. If you want instant coffee, we can change it tomorrow. Yep, just... Add it, and no, no, everyone wants that stuff. <laughs> As we call it, dirt coffee. That's what it's like, dirt coffee. You want dirt coffee? Yeah, that's fine. So let's be appreciative. Hey, when someone serves you the cancer, hey, thank you for that. You know that makes a difference for our volunteers? You know, because they are volunteering. They're serving you. They're serving each one of you. Why? Because they're demonstrating what Jesus said, love for one another. They're not doing it because of anything else. So Jesus says, follow me. Follow me is an action. It doesn't mean like in our world today, go on social media and look for Jesus. I'm going to follow him. (laughs) Oh, he's he's on YouTube too. I'll follow him. It's so much more than that. It is more than that. It will cost you a lot. It will cost you your time. It will cost you your life. Follow me, Jesus says. So if we're going to follow him, we need to know how to follow him. We need to be able to read his word and understand what he requires of us, what he's called his disciples, because we are his disciples. We need to know what that looks like. And so many people will say to me, I don't know what God's got for me. I don't know. You know, I just want to do something. I said, well, just serve. Jesus came as a servant. He said, the greatest one amongst you is one who serves. So I'm telling you, if you go into that zone of serving, God will open a doorway. 
Like, but if you just go there and go, oh, I don't know what God wants for me. Nothing's happening. Oh, I'm so, I've been a Christian for all my life and nothing's happened yet. Why? Let's get out of that mode and say, okay, I'm going to do something. I'm going to do something. Jesus goes, oh, that's it. He's got it now. Right, come this way. You know, Jesus will lead you because he says he's light into our path. You know, he will lead you the right way. But you cannot lead you if you're not moving. You've got to be moving, all right? That, that, that means, like, you know, move. I know for some it may be hard. Like, oh, well, I'm trying, Jesus. It's kind of hard for me, but I'm going to get there because you're struggling against the flesh, you know. We've we got to be breaking free from those things and follow him because there is a reward. He says, I will make you fishers of men. There is something that Jesus wants of you because we are saved doesn't mean we stop there. There's others yet to be saved. There's others to hear the good message of the gospel. And that's why he says, I will make you fishers of men. That was his call to go out into all the world and make disciples. Disciples. That's the call. So you go, but I'm not a minister. I'm not a minister of the gospel. I don't know how to do that. I'm telling you that you can be a minister wherever you are of the gospel, in your workplace, in your school, to your neighbor, because let your light shine unto all men. How you address people, how you talk to people, how you think of people will change everything. Wherever I go, you can go to all the cafes I go, they all know me. Right? It's all good. It's all right. <laughs> Not for bad reasons. And, and, and because I get into their world, I go, how's your week been? What have you been up to? That's, that's how you do evangelism. People go, but I'm not evangelist. No, no, it says do the work of the evangelist. Start being interested in people. And I'm telling you, when you start showing on a regular basis, they will suddenly open up and go, oh, can I just chat to you? I'm going through a bit of trouble right now. You know? and, and they will start to explain where they're at and open up. And then you have an opportunity because there are people with needs. There's people that need answers, and they're looking to see who has the answers. And I'm telling you, the world does not have the answers. Follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. Luke 6.40 says, A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher. So there is a goal in being a disciple is to become like a teacher to others, to teach them the ways of Christ as well. Romans 12.2 says, Do not be conformed to this world. So our teaching is from Jesus alone, but not from this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind in order to prove by you what is that good and pleasing and perfect will of God. Yeah, we've got to stop being conformed by the world. We're being brainwashed by the TV. Everything they put out, look at all the shows, how they start sneaking in uh, LGBT people on everything. Uh, they're just totally opposing the things of God. Everything's, you know, the opposite. And they're trying to get into your head, condition you, and that's why they are brainwashing, but you need to be washed by the blood of Jesus this morning. You need to get into his word. That is our reality, not what we see on the, on, on the TV, not the fake news anyway. All right, so follow him. So summing up, Jesus gave us three characteristics of what we should look for in a disciple. Number one, we need to be obedient to God's Word. I spoke about it the other day. Obedient to God's Word. It says in John 8, 31, if you continue in my Word, you are truly my disciple. See, some of us have started on the right track, but we've sort of gone off track. He says, if you continue in my Word, 
because you're not following. If you don't continue, you're not following. It's not like going, following Jesus. Yes, Jesus, I hear that. Yes, Jesus, oh, yes. And you're off track. You've got to be following Him, obedient to His Word. Number two, loving, as I just said before, by this all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. John 13, 35. And number three, fruitful. By this my, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so to prove to be my disciples. If you are a disciple, there should be some fruit of that. You know, we all have different gifts. We all have different things that God has placed in our world, but we all have the ability to share what we've been given. And we all have the ability to have an, or share a testimony of what Christ has done for us. And that's why I say to people, have you ever shared with anybody? Have you ever done anything? Because that is the fruit. We're called to bear fruit. And I know like wherever I go, I try to bear that fruit wherever I can because that's the call of a disciple. It's not, I'm not trying to be a disciple. I just am because of who, I, because I'm following His Word. It's like some people go, oh, okay, step one, two, and three, you mentioned that, I'll practice that on this week. It should just naturally come from you because if you hear His voice, if you know who He is, it has an effect on you, it changes you. It changes your heart, it changes your thinking. It changes your approach on life. It will just come naturally. So when you do see those three points, go, oh yeah, that's what I've been doing. Being in God's Word, loving and fruitful because of it. There's a process that goes through. See, Proverbs 16, 9 says, A man's heart plans his way, but Jehovah directs his steps. You've got to understand that it is God who directs your steps. You may have all your plans. You know, some of you are very like, I've got my plans for life, but God will just come mess it up. Get down like that. That's not good. You know, you go, but that's, we, we can get like carried away and all this stuff. But just remember, we need to submit and surrender everything to Jesus. We need to do that and say, hey, God, not my plans, your plans. Just show me. Just show me. That's all I did. As a new Christian, I go, I don't understand the whole thing yet. I'm still learning, but I'll follow you. Tell me. Tell me, where do I start? Where do I start? And just on that journey of following Him from serving. I got on a youth group, serving, 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 serving. Became the youth group leader, so forth. And the rest is history. But uh, it starts with something. But you go, well, I don't know enough. You don't need to know anything other than Jesus. You, you got to have a testimony. If you know Jesus today, that's your starting point. Because of what He has done for you, I want to do to, for others. Because what He has done for me has changed me, and I want to live differently. It's the starting point. It's the starting point. Matthew 5, 16 says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. We are called to do good works for the kingdom, to glorify Him. So once we get our thoughts off ourselves and on Him, glorifying Him in whatever you do, it's all about Him, it will change your life. And you'll go, I've got purpose now. I feel like I've got a purpose. I'm doing something. I'm glorifying Jesus. I'm glorifying God in all that I do. It gives you a purpose. It gives you a hope. It gives you an understanding of, of how things work. But if you sit there and do nothing, nothing changes. And you're just going, oh, that was a boring whatever years as a Christian. People that say Christianity is boring haven't got the life in them. They only call themselves Christians by name because I'm telling you it's the most exciting life you could ever have. 
As I said, it's a book of do's. Not a, everyone sees it as a book of don'ts. It's a book of do's. If you will, if you go forth, the Bible talks about these things all the way through. But that's your pathway to find out what Jesus has got for you. When people say, as I said earlier, I don't know what God's got for me. We'll start there. Start glorifying Him in all that you do. Start meeting people. Start talking to people. Start sharing people. Go make them a cake. I like cakes. Amen. But uh, you know, just, just do something, something different. Challenge yourself. Get out of your comfort zone. Get out of your comfort zone. I mean, look at the fishermen. There they were. Their comfort zone was fishing. Jesus comes along and says, follow me. Dropped it. They didn't go, oh, can I give Jesus, give his hand with the rod. Says, but, yeah. No, he, he didn't. He, they just dropped everything. And immediately, because they knew the life before them was better than what they had. And some of us are looking back too much on the life we've had and still want to go back there. Oh, when I was younger, I used to do this. Oh, I wish those days were here. No, those days have gone. You can't change that, but you can change where you're going. And this morning, Jesus gives you that opportunity for the path you choose. He says to you, follow me, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. I will open up the whole world to you as you follow me. Uh, all sorts of things will open to you. Let's just close our eyes this morning. Jesus makes this clear, strong stand and message to us this morning. Follow me. Following Him means you need to be committed to Him. You need to lay down your life. Say, it's not about me, Jesus. I want the life that you have for me. Because the life that Jesus has for you is better than you could ever make yourself. But to come into that relationship, we need to make sure that relationship is right. And the Bible says all have fallen short of the glory of God. We've all made a mess of our world before God and we put a barrier between Him. But Jesus gives us an opportunity for that barrier to come down if we repent of our sins. We turn away from the things that we're doing and go in a direction to follow Him. So I want to ask you this morning, do you know Jesus as your Lord and Saviour? Are you a disciple? Perhaps you've made that decision, but those that haven't this morning, start your journey as a disciple. You need to be a follower of Jesus. You need to accept Him as your Lord and Saviour. And if that's you in this place this morning, it's one prayer away. It's inviting Jesus into your life. And if you've never done that, or perhaps you did as a child, but you're not sure, but you just want to make sure everything is good, you have that opportunity right now with every head bowed, eye closed, just raise your hand where you are and I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you that you'll know Jesus. You'll start that journey with Jesus to follow in Him, knowing that your past is forgiven. It's a new day, a new hope in Him. And Jesus won't make you do anything, but He'll ask you. And He's asking this morning, is your life right with Him? If you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Saviour right now, just raise your hand wherever you are so I can see that, so I know who I'm praying for. Amen. See the hand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The other call this morning is for those that have already received Jesus. If I was to ask you, are you a Christian? You go, yes. If I ask, are you a disciple? If there's a pause, 
you've got to understand that they should be the same. So this morning, I want to pray for those that are following Christ, uh, for those that are a disciple, would call yourself a disciple, but you don't really feel you're following. And you say, God, I need to start afresh. I need to start afresh. I, like I've, I kind of got too busy with the world and took my eyes off you and all that. Well, today is a new day, a new day for each one of you. And if you're saying yes to Jesus, I'm going to be a follower of you from now on. Just raise your hand wherever you are. I just want to pray for you as well. Saying, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. I've, I've not followed you properly. I've sort of called myself a disciple, Christian, but there's not enough evidence to prove that. If that's you, just saying, Jesus, today's a new day. Just raise your hand and I'll just pray for you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I just pray this morning for everybody here. God, you called us to follow. Follow requires us to do something. And God, I pray for those that raise their hands and for all of us, actually, God, that you'll fan the flame within us, stir up a desire in us to reach out to this lost and dying world in this time where people need hope, they need to hear a voice. God, let us be that voice. Let us direct them to you, Jesus. So Father, I pray this day that God, you empower us, that you'll be with us, encourage us, give us the confidence to live in the life we're in right now, following you, to be your disciple. Father, we give you all the praise and all the glory in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.